Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. Here is your host, Derek Pearson. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello, everybody. Guess what? It's still me. Rico filling in for DP here on One on One. Jay Foreman joining me for a little bit before he has to head out. Thank you so kindly, good sir, for sticking around. Yeah, it's all good. We've got Barry coming in. We do have Barry coming in. He's on the line right now, but let me get to take care of a little bit of business. One on One sponsored by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Head on down there, South Lincoln, and get yourself some delicious food. Fried chicken, fried catfish, beans. Uh, they've got they've got what what are, they got mac wings, and cheese, mac and collard cheese, greens. collard greens. Peach cobbler is what they're known for, but it's always the peach has, cobbler. Always, I haven't had it yet. It's, it always sold out. I've heard it's delicious. Yeah. Um, I it's been a while since I've had the cornbread, but I still to this day remember the one time I've had their cornbread. Yeah, it's really good, and it's like it life changing. Um, yeah. One-on-one, Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Join us on the conversation. If you have any questions for Barry, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sarder Heyman Text Line, 402-464-5685. And join us on the live video stream, Sarder Heyman Jewelers, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, 93.7 The Ticket. Head to any of those, and you can see us live. But without whew, without any waiting any longer, let's hit this man's music. Thank you. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, with a rollicking song he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash, with a silver hat about his head, and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Perfect. There it is. Perfect. There it is. Welcome in, Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. Barry, how are you? Yeah. Good, sir. I'm good and getting better. It's uh, great here. I, I know in the Midwest, and you guys are having a little bit of heat wave. We're just having kind of normal, you know, summer weather. So we're doing really well, real well. Barry, I want to ask you, we talked a little bit about it uh, in our last segment. And I'm not sure if you you saw the Twitter battle between Lamar Jackson and, and uh, Pollard. Uh, what are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, from your perspective as a quarterback coach, and then obviously what you see on Sundays or Monday nights or Thursday night football? Right. So you'll have to. I caught you guys talking a little bit about the beast, so you'll have to uh, catch me up on that. But as far as Lamar, you know, a lot of times we talked about quarterbacks here, and I. And I and I've always articulated that it's so important the environment in which they exist or the operate in that, you know, what does what you want them to do is it is it play playing to their strengths? 
And Lamar has been extremely intriguing to me because of the way that they got the Ravens started with him. They just said, essentially, if we're going to take this guy, then we're going to put everything around him. And they redid everything, including in the first couple of years, the backup quarterbacks, which I think were RG3 and then Trace McSorley. Right, so they even went yeah. and got similar guys that if Lamar was out, they weren't Lamar, but they would be a similar style quarterback. So that was an organizational move, and I do like him. I, I think because of that ecosystem that's around him, because it plays to his strength, I, I just think he's. I'm always intrigued by, him. and I, 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 I kind of just think there's a breakout. We've already had breakout seasons. But I think there's a championship season or two in him with those people around him. I mean, the only pieces they're missing, Ozzy, Ozzy's retired, right? Yeah. Uh, Ozzy Newsom, yeah. who was, you know, putting all that stuff together. But, uh, you know, great ownership, steady. Um, you know, they seem to be able to put a competitive team uh, on the field consistently with their budget. You're losing big people like Ozzy, losing Ray Lewis, you know, losing Ed Reed, and they're still competitive. It kind of reminds me of that that Pittsburgh model that seemed to have uh, been so successful for so long. But I like Lamar a lot. One of, I really what, do. one of the things Marcus Pollard shot off and pretty much started it that uh, the Twitter battle was that he was saying uh, even though Lamar Jackson is a good player, um, they'll never he'll never reach you know his pinnacle because receivers don't want to go to Baltimore and play with them, essentially saying he's not a good enough quarterback for guys that want to go play with him. Do you find any – do you believe anything uh, nah, in that? Well, yeah. No, I mean, look at look at Brady up in uh, in New England. So, you know, for however they were working the numbers there, he, other than Randy Moss, he didn't get a standout receiver, right? And they, they had a championship run. So it's, that comment is kind of a – it's just something I really wouldn't pay attention to. And I don't know what, what Pollard's mouthing off about. Um, we, here's what we know about pro players: if you, if they have a chance to win, and you're paying them money, yeah, they're going. The good ones are going to show up. Heck, they're going to go where, where the money's at, even if you go to a bad team. Yeah. <laughs> There's guys right. that go to and, Cleveland and he, Browns, and you know, you have good receivers at a certain point in his career. And he's tired of messing around. He he may even take a little bit less. Right. Don't say it out loud, but if he thinks he's got a good chance to win and go get a ring. So, uh, to me, that goes out. When I, I don't understand why Pollard – I mean, why would he even say that? I guess he said it because we're paying attention, right? Right. Uh, uh, that's what Lamar <laughs> – now, Lamar Jackson said he was irrelevant. But from a defense standpoint, uh, Pollard was a decent player. But, you know, um, you know, I want, one other thing I want to ask you about Lamar Jackson in the, in the passing game. Say – and I'm not going to compare a passing tree or system, say, to Brady. But let's just say, mm-hmm. like, maybe like a Russell Wilson or maybe even mm-hmm. – Cam Newton, how from an offense that say you were, you know, advising a coach, say you train mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, you know a lot, you've seen mm-hmm. how he can play. If, yeah. if they're calling you up and say, hey, you know, what routes or what type of schematic scheme should we, uh, from a passing standpoint, should we try to curtail with Lamar? How does that look? Because, you know, it's a little bit of what Nebraska might do this year, or you might expand it a little bit with what Whipple might do is start taking some stuff from Pittsburgh with uh, – with Pickett, so how would you, uh, you know, advise a team or a quarterback, coach, or offensive coordinator to uh, get the most out of Lamar Jackson in the passing game? Yeah, I, I think I think they're off to a good start, which is they they have a firm running game. 
there. I mean, they're committed to the run and they've got personnel there. I think they have to work out with their linemen, um, you know, which types of linemen that they're going to. Because remember, when he first came in, they were all big and beefy and what right. they had the 300-pound fullback, and, right? And so that kind of played to that. Then as he got into it, the linemen kind of changed a little bit. So it's, it starts up there. But as far as style of play, um, you know, he's, he's pretty good from the pocket. And so you, you really look at, you know, certainly for longevity and that type of thing. Sure. Uh, you're looking more more like a Brady model or like a Breeze model right. for him. Yeah, right? look- and, and that type of thing that, that takes advantage of his intelligence, his decision-making skills, his you know, and then you you have that ace up your sleeve, which is if he needs to go out. I don't think that you approach him uh, like, um, and, and it's got to be with the run game. It's got to be a little more downfield. Right. That combination of hey, I you know you, when you look at patterns, you can either choose to to read them short to deep or deep to short. Um, yeah. and I think he'd be a guy deep to short guy. So almost in the vein of like if you go back with Kurt Warner. Right. Right, going back in the day, right? He was a short, he was a deep to short guy. Right. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, I also wanted to ask you, like, when I've watched Lamar later in the season, this happens to everybody, though. Um, you know, maybe like accuracy issues, ability to kind of, you know, just being a little bit off. And I know a lot of it has right. to do with the lack of or missing on receivers with, with Perriman. Um, Bateman was hurt, you know, from the very, I mean, he was killing it in training camp and I think he got hurt like one of the last few weeks of training camp, didn't come back until like, I think well into the, you know, halfway mark of the season. Um, and I know that affected it, but what are the, some of the things you might see from Lamar late in the season playoffs to where, you know, he's missing throws, um, that yeah. he usually were making earlier in the season. Yeah. Well, just from a, just, a a pure, I don't know what's the right word, but just at the the mechanics that a quarterback throws with is something that that needs maintenance on a consistent basis. So that sure. will come undone. Now I'm not saying it's a mechanical issue, but I'm just just a separate comment aside. Uh, that's just something that it's, if you think of like a, the best golfers in the world travel with a swing coach, right? You, you feel me? So um, by that level, that a quarterback has to know his stroke. Uh, has to know it well, and it has to know what he needs to do to kind of maintain that consistency of mechanics. So that's just a separate issue. I'm not saying Lamar is mechanically unsound. Now, when you look at the season, at the back end of the season, you're right. These things, you get tired and people get tired. But I'm going to go back to that lineman thing. Like, if I was really looking at those games, how comfortable was he really back there? And then if receivers aren't healthy, because there's times when, at, at a, as a quarterback, you you have to you have to throw early, yeah, mm-hmm. right. I mean, you can't, you know, you you got to be committed to the throw, and and to, it's it's, a, it's not quite a gap, but it's not the normal time that you would throw a ball, right? It's not the normal time. Normal time you throw a ball, you got time. Boom, a uh, receiver's getting his break and bang, your footwork matches up. He's getting his break and you're throwing the ball, right? There are times when. He might be approaching his break, and you've got to throw the ball out there. Now you've got to back off some of the velocity to account for it. He's going to need a little more time to get to the ball, but the space is correct. Now, when you're talking about that type of timing, now is that receiver getting stuck, or does that receiver understand, you know, from a pass protection standpoint, hey, he may be 
throwing this out a little bit early. So there's a lot that could go into that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes yeah. a lot and of if sense. You're telling, yeah, and if you're telling me the regular guys weren't there and we're in the second tier guys, yeah. then that's where that stuff can kind of happen. Yeah. And that to me, to me, that's more when um, quarterbacks and receivers talk, well, we just want to make sure we're on the same page and we have time. It's that type of time. Right. That that right that 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 the receiver looks in and goes, oh okay, you know, and the quarterback goes, okay, he knows, he knows, I got a problem over here, right? And they snap something off, and they're both they're both there. Uh, so he may not have had that later in the game. I'm not making excuses for him. But. So so kind of going back to like the talent that you were talking about, you know, you, the receivers in the offensive line. I asked Jay this question earlier: How important is it to have uh, just a solid running game in when it comes to helping a quarterback? Well, it's it's always a running game is always a quarterback's best friend. I mean, it is they they usually attach that adage to a young quarterback. But when you get into that championship part of the season, and you know you you need to be able to run the ball when you want to, and run the ball when you have to. So it doesn't have to be a spectacular game, but those two objectives have to be achievable, in my opinion, if you're going to play championship football. There's times when you want to run the ball and you have to be able to do it. To be and then there's times when you should run the ball, right? And you should be capable of doing it. Uh, you look at some hot, you know, we'll go back, we always go back a little bit. Schools, it's called, well, the old school country for one-on-one, but if you go back and these high flyer quarterbacks, they had success in their career when the run game was matched up with their passing ability. So Peyton, actually the, the ones come to mind both them, but right, remember John Elway right. throwing you know people's hands and fingers are flying off and couldn't get enough of them. Right. But late in his career, they you know he, he gets a running back, they get a run game, and he reels off two of them. And then Peyton. He gets the one, but he goes to Denver, and he's not flinging the ball all over the place. You got a run game and a defense, and there you go. Right. So, um, the principles of football, guys, it's you know as excited as we may be by combines and Mahomes arm angles and all that kind of stuff, uh, and we are excited by it. The principles of championship football still haven't, to me, really haven't changed. You got to play defense. You got to be able to run the ball, and you got to be able to complete a few passes. Right, and, and you know, one thing I wanted to ask you about moving to college here with obviously Nebraska's situation, um, you know, whether there's a quarterback battle or not, that's, you know, that's a coaching decision. But I wanted to just talk about, just say if you're, just say Casey Thompson, you know, how important is it to have, or speak to the importance, I know it's important, um, to build this continuity from, say, when spring ball got over, all the way through off season, which is summer, into fall camp, your continuity with what four guys at the most, at least three. Mm-hmm. How important is that to his, in, you know, early success in camp? Which obviously you'd like to see boil over into the first game against Northwestern Ireland. Well, let's con- compare. First of all, uh, let's say that at any point in time with the football team, you have to do what you have to do, right? I mean, you know, we could all sit here and say this should be done, but if you're looking at a group of guys and you assess it's at this level, then you, you do what you think you need to do. But if we're saying, and, and you do know the answer to this, Jay, if we're saying uh, 
you know, that what's optimal, this is not optimal. And you can tell by looking at another program. There, the other programs, when they even, even if there's a sniff of competition, even if there's a guy applying pressure, they'll go so far to the granular level of all the social media stuff that they put out, because I've seen it with my quarterback, is you'll never see the number two, ever, in anything. Right? Because they don't want to broadcast anything to the outside world that other than this is the guy. Right. I know for a fact one of my quarterbacks at a certain point he they they've taken him and, and put him on another field with another unit. Right? So so they, they may rotate players around because he, he's he's a solid number two. I mean he's a right. player away. But just the the to, to go to that extent, sure. right, to say, I'm not even – so you can't even compare. Well, you know, number one did this and number two did this and that. Number two's on a different field. Right. And the way that they've chosen to keep number two fresh, not put them with all the two, right. they're rotating personnel. So he gets work with one, the other guy gets work, you know, with both groups, but they have them on separate fields at some point. So you don't even – they're not even letting the locker room get involved with you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And and now I'm going to flip that. Now, how does a guy approach being on that other field, that number two, and what would you advise him from a mindset standpoint or a goal standpoint to get to that, you know, number one spot and get to where you can All get right. to the other now, field? Now you get now you get behind the curtain. <laughs> I mean, but that's what we're so here for. I mean, we got we got about five minutes, so you got you got 300 okay. seconds. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I, I I have a couple of guys that are in two spots, and they're 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 behind you know guys that have you know, done well, and they're they're the next up guys. I, I firmly believe that. Confident. Uh, when they came home. And we had long talk, you know, and we said, okay, what's the plan? Like, what are we doing? And they they kind of just basically timed the stuff. You know, I said, no, that's not the way it's going to go. I said, you, you're you looking at the number one right now. And I said, there's things that he does not do well. And it's just, that could be anybody. You right. understand? Not everybody does. So I'm saying, look at the things that he doesn't do well. All right. Those are the things that you have to get better at. And the reason I said that to him, because if you get better at those things, it applies more pressure to him. And by the way, it makes the team better and it makes you better. And it raises the bar for the next guy coming behind you. Now he's got more things he's got to be good at. So that was a long discussion. That was an analytical discussion. And then when they were home, those are the things that we worked on. And so that's what you can do. That's what you can do. You, you, you're not going to be a number two in one of these big programs unless you're prepared. Right. right? There's no sickness. But if you're the number two, then that's what you're doing. You look at the number one and you say, what does he do well? What situations does he not perform well? That's where I got to excel. Right? Because that's the only thing. You, you just can't. You know, if it's a coin toss, you can lose a coin toss. So sure. what's going to make you different? Right? What's going to make you different? Hey, he doesn't do this well. Let me go work on that. It helps the quarterback, helps the team, raises the standard of the play for the guy behind him. That's awesome. Hey, Barry, one more quick question. Um, from an offensive standpoint, as a quarterback, obviously you played, but just even you coaching and obviously watching quarterbacks, I'm sure you're like me. I watch linebackers. I can watch them sun up to sun down and find something to <laughs> get excited or be like, man, that was horrible about. But 
how important is it, especially let's just take Nebraska's situation or any situation, how important is it to have a number one guy, you, you know, like a number, like a, you, you know, a guy that, you know, say like a, a lamb that was at Oklahoma or somebody like that. How important is that? Well, I mean, shoot. I mean, you it's know, that, that's everything. I mean, yeah, right. to have a security blanket out there is everything. Right, to know that there's a guy, whether it's short or long or whether it's a tight end or what, you know, whatever the security blanket is, it's great to have, right? If you got a receiver that can dictate coverage, a receiver that you can go to uh, in situations, you know, again, whether it's short or long, it can be tight ends are extremely useful, extremely useful. If they're guys that know how to get open and you you know, you know how to get the ball to them, right. moving the team. So that, yes, the security blanket for the day, man. You know, you, I, I still have my whoopee. Well, I, guess, okay, I, I, I guess what I'm asking, Barry, is like when you're in an offensive scheme, right? It just right. offense. Right. You know, this is kind of like year. This is year one of Whipple's deal. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess until it's proven, we don't. I mean, we got ideas who the number one, but yeah. you can be. I'm, what I'm asking, you can, you can go over to Ireland in the first four games and be, you know, a high powered offense with guys rotating even though you know you got the top three guys that are going to roll out there but you know you're still seeing what everybody can do well let me put you this way i I still go by the principle that the most difficult thing to defend is something that you don't know where it's going to be yeah so there and so that allows you from a coaching standpoint to choose several different ways to get there you could have a passing game that kind of dots the ball to different areas of the field right right that's one what you prefer is you do have a number one that you can move around the field. Or that's what you prefer. You, don't, you know, you just don't want a number one. He, he lines up at X all day. I mean, right. you'll take him. I'm sure. not going to kick him out. But, man, if you give me an X that I could play, I'll line him up a little H, a little Y, a little Z, I can in the backfield. That, that becomes an issue. The most difficult thing to defend is something that you're not sure where it's going to be. Right. You think about being a, a linebacker, right? Think about the downhill eyes. When you get into rhythm and you've got blocking combinations and you know when this back is set here and they're in this set, right? You know what's coming, right? 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 Yes? Okay. Yeah. So imagine if you're looking at this stuff and you're not quite sure, you know, is that a down block or is this his own block? And by the fact, he, he was that way. He ran this way last time, but last time that joker – you know, he, he went out of the backfield. Now I got, you know, I, I got more things to concern myself with, right? Right. Right? Okay. And now they all of a sudden you see the back of the slot and the wide come back here. It's like, well, okay, well, what's this mean? Right? And, I mean, through study, you can get there to know what it means, but it's still not the same comfortable feeling as I got an eye back or a full back. Yeah, he, that full back's going to do two things. He's going to lead me to the play. Or they're going to try to influence me, and I know how to read the influence. You know what I mean? And I'll still get to the play. So um, that those are the things: either spreading the ball around, right, moving or passing to different areas of the field, or having a guy that can move to different areas of the field. I think those are the two things that become problematic for defense because you can't defend it all. 
We're speaking with you Barry. Take away a lot of stuff, but you can't just send it off. <laughs> We're speaking with Barry Thompson, Fairfax Football Academy. Jay Foreman's got to get to going. Barry, we're going to head to a break. Jay, thank you for sticking in. Uh, this hour again is brought to you by Ambition Electric, the Barry Thompson Hour. Uh, we will be right back with Barry Thompson and myself here on One on One.